0: Good morning. This is a reading from Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you.
1: That's all you're getting this morning. Sorry, that's all. It was going to be embarrassing to all of us if I tried to keep going this morning. Uh, I'm not speaking this morning, and that's wonderful because you guys don't have to listen to me drone on and on and on. Instead, you get to hear the Zogs, and the Zogs are one of our international workers for the Christian and Missionary Alliance in the Dominican Republic. And they are doing wonderful work there. Uh, a couple months ago, you guys may remember that we shared a video about the work that they're doing there trying to build a new children's center. And so they're here this morning to talk more about that and share more about what God is doing in the Dominican Republic with us, and so if you guys want to come on up, Ed, and let me pray for you before you get started okay. Father, I thank you uh, for the word that you're going to bring today through Ed. I thank you for the word for the work that you're doing in the Zogs, in the Dominican Republic. or we just pray that you would pour out your spirit more and more. God, that you would bless the work that they're doing. God, that you would help us to respond accordingly. Yeah, we are not the ones who are being sent, but we're called to be present with those who are being sent. Lord, I pray that today that you would speak mightily. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
2: Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. It's our first time uh, being able to, to worship with you guys. So we're really excited to be here. Uh, first and foremost, you guys have been near and dear to our hearts because you guys have been sponsoring our daughter Rachel for a number of years as uh, your missionary kid, so our heart as parents goes out to you guys. We thank you for that you don 't know how special it is you know to get uh, little gifts and things like that and to know that uh, you guys are praying for us and our family so you 've met people that have come up and said, oh i 've been praying for you, and then now I can put a face to the the people we 've been praying for and you know This whole missionary journey we've been on is all been about faith and, and just a shared love of the community of God. So, so what I want to do today is show you a little bit about you know, who we are, what we've been doing for the last almost 10 years now, and where God has taken us uh, in a new direction. Um, so I'd like to uh, put up the... So this is our family. Uh, so you see my son, Robert. Uh, he's uh, living outside of Boston right now, and that's his wife. Picks she's from the Dominican Republic. Uh, They have our first grandson, little Edward, um, which uh, he was uh, one year old now. So we're excited we get to see him a little bit, even though they're very far away. But Um, then in the white dress is our daughter, Krista. Uh, She's in her second year of uh, chemical engineering at uh, Calvin University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And um, to want to pray for her, she's looking for her summer internship. So uh, there's a prayer request. she finds a good job for that and then our daughter Rachel which you've probably seen her face uh, over the years but uh, she's in her last year of nursing school at SUNY Binghamton so she is doing her capstone project now and looking for what God has for her uh, for for work and then Sandy and I this is my beautiful wife Sandy so stand up okay Um, so next slide Um, So I just want to kind of give you a general idea of what God called us to. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. I'm not, you know, a seminary-trained pastor. Um, But God will use us in different ways if we make ourselves available uh, to him. And our primary role has been to pastor an English-speaking church plant in Santa Domingo. Uh, Next slide, please. Kind of gives you a feel for our church. Uh, We're about 40 to 60 people. Um, all young people, we're far and away the oldest people in our congregation, and it's great for energy, but we've really struggled with leadership. So over the last uh, nine years, we've really poured into to the, the leaders in our church, and to the point where we now have elders in the church, and where the church is maturing in a way that is, is really, really great to see. Um, so we've been blessed to be a part of that. It's kind of a, a bizarre thing. You know, you think if you look at it on paper, let's send an engineer and his family to a third world country where they don't know the language, they don't know the culture. A country boy will put him in a city of 3.8 million people and have him pastor a church. Yeah, that's kind of what I look at back. I'm like, God, I don't understand how you do these things. But he gets all the glory, you know. And so it's just been an amazing opportunity. Uh, next slide. Um, we have a big homeless ministry, and you can go on to the next slide. Runner Church, uh, we have a park, and there's a lot of homeless people. So, you know, God's really laid on our heart to minister to, the, to those who are in need. And you can see, you know, this one guy down in the bottom corner, he's sleeping in a fiber drum. Uh, the guy up in the middle, he's Antonio, and he comes to church every Sunday. And every Sunday, it's the same thing. He'll come, and I invite him in, I give him a hug. He said, come on in church. I can't come in, I smell and he's like, you know, so we go back, it's every week, it's the same thing. And, but we'll get him a chair and, you know, uh, some, something to drink, a snack, and he'll sit out there and take notes and everything. And, you know, so, you know, we just try to minister to him any way we can, you know, it, but it's hard. Um, also, what we'll do, <clears throat> we found out early on that um, we would get up and we'd want to bring food to the homeless, out, and they were gone already. So as soon as the sun came up, they were gone. So we had to back up our schedule so we we're cooking food at like four in the morning to get out there to be ready so they're not quite awake yet, like this guy, so we can, you know, bless them and pray with them and things like that. But it, it's just about love, you know. And if you get anything <clears throat> out of this message today and out of the ministry that, that we've been doing, is it's driven by love. You know, if we don't have love, we'd have nothing. You know, if you read scripture. <clears throat> And I was blessed to be able to be at um, <clears throat> excuse me, Esmer- Esbury University a couple weeks ago. And just the outpouring of love there was just incredible. And, and that's what everybody wants. That's what these kids want. That's what the lonely people around us want. They want love. And we have the ultimate example of love is Jesus. you know. And when we model Jesus to those that are lost, the dead, and dying around us, it's just a, a fragrant smell. It's just something that people just want to know. Why are you doing this? You know, and that's kind of been the, the, the root of our ministry and, and what we've been trying to do. Uh, next slide. Uh, hospital ministry. Uh, you can go to the next one. Um, this was mostly pre-COVID. We're trying to get back into the hospitals. Um, but if you're in the Dominican Republic and you get sick and you go to the hospital, it's a very different experience than you have here. You have to bring your own uh, sheets, your own towel, your own toilet paper. Uh, you want food, your family goes out and buys the food and brings it into you. Uh, you want medicine, same thing. Your family goes and buys it, gives it to the doctor, they'll administer it. Um, so oftentimes you don't wake up in the morning and say, hmm, oh, thank you. Um, you don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, this is a great day. Look at it. I'm, what? Maybe I'll go to the hospital today, right? How many people wake up and say that? I don't. Thank you. <clears throat> you know, so people come and they have nothing. You know, so we've been putting these bags together in the nice little sewn bags, and we'll give, you know, um, you know, uh, Gospel of John, uh, some toilet paper, soap, uh, maybe some shampoo, some lotion, um, you know, whatever we can put together. If it's a, the maternity hospital, maybe we'll put diapers and things like that in there, and we'll just give these bags out, and we'll we'll bring the guitar and we'll sing worship songs, and we'll pray with people, and people are just disarmed. They're like, why are you doing this? You know, what, what's your agenda? I said, well, yeah, i got an agenda. His name is Jesus. And I, I'm doing this out of love because he loved me so much that he died for me. You know? And it's, a, it's just a way to build a bridge to share Christ's love with people. And when we show that love, we earn the, the opportunity to share the gospel. You know, so... Uh, Next slide. Um, COVID. Uh, You can go to the next one. So it was 2020. You know, the world's falling apart, and we're sitting in the Dominican Republic. And, you know, it's February, and we start seeing the the pandemic start to unfold, and they're starting to close borders and things like that. And, you know, Sandy and I prayed, what do we do? You know, do we come back to the United States, which is familiar, you know, stay with family, Uh, ride this out, you know, here in America. And we prayed, and God's like, no. You know, what would that say to the people you've been ministering to for the last, at that point, eight years, if you cut and run right now? It was humbling. It's like, yeah, you're right. They'd say, my God is not sufficient. He is not big enough. So we prayed, and we stayed. And, you know, we were blessed that, you know, our one daughter, Krista, was still uh, at home. Our daughter, Rachel, got back down. The day before they closed the border, so she was going through New York City when they were trying. They're talking about shutting the city down. You know, she's on her way to the airport when they're talking about all that stuff. So, but but God, right? So she they, she got back, and within a matter of weeks, um, you know, people didn't have food. I mean, you work, down there. You work today, you eat tomorrow. You know, it's a very hand to mouth existence, and. You know, within a matter of weeks, we saw people that didn't have food, you know, so we're praying, what do we do, God? You know, we had a spare bedroom and apartment, so, you know, we put out our newsletter, and by the way, there's a sign up for our newsletter on the table if you'd like to, to stay connected. So we put out our newsletter, and, you know, I'm hoping to raise maybe like 500 bucks. You know, I'll get, you know, a couple bags of rice, some beans, we'll be able to help a few people within the church, you know, we'll see what happens. So we put out this newsletter. And within a matter of two weeks, we had $25,000 come in. And I still tear up thinking about it. You know, it's like, my God, was this big. You know, this is what I, I expected of my God. And he came back and said, Ed, you're, you're an idiot, okay? I love you, but you're an idiot. You know, I, I, I own the cattle on a thousand hills, and you only you know, come on, step up. You know, and, and that's what our, our car. That's 600 pounds of rice. We're doing this like three times a week. I was out more during the lockdown than I was before the lockdown. Because we have to go stand in line for an hour and a half. You get what you can, your limits, and then you go to the next door and do the same thing. And then we'd have people, we'd load up the bags and then we'd distribute it. We had a guy on a, a motorcycle going around distributing it. And every person heard the gospel. You know, and we, we had enough food in there for a family of four for about a week and a half, two weeks. You know, And people, again, they're like, why are you doing this? The government's not doing this for me. My church isn't doing this for me. My family's not even doing this for me. Why are you doing it for me? Let me tell you about you. Let me tell you about his love. You think this is love? It's nothing compared to what he has. You know, so it was just a, an incredible opportunity. And our church grew during the pandemic. You know, Because um, we were out ministering to people, and they want to see what this Jesus is all about. So it was just a, an incredible opportunity. Next uh, Next slide. Uh, kids clubs you know we 've been really blessed to have a ton of kids around, so we have three different kids clubs, and um, normally what we 'll do is uh, this is at our main church here, and in the middle and the bottom is our teens, so we don 't have you know our our church is probably about the size of the the altar here, and so we use the sidewalk and stuff so they 're doing their Bible study out on the sidewalk. And I love these kids. They, they don't care their friends walk by and they're out studying the word on the sidewalk. You know, they're, they're proud of what they're doing. You know, but we've had just a, an outpouring of kids. So we've got three different clubs. We have one at the, the main church and then two out in the, uh, in the surrounding area. And one of the areas is where we're going to be building this children's center, which I'll share about in a minute. But it's a, it's a normal kids' club. So we do, you know, Bible lessons. We do songs. We do games. And we'll, we'll feed them a meal. And, you know, it's a simple meal, but we're surprised at how it's blessed so many families because none of these kids have too much to eat, okay? And if we can bless them by feeding their their family, by feeding their kids for one meal a week, it helps that food budget just go a little bit farther, you know? And we've had parents come up to us again. It's like, why are you loving on my kids? You know, what's your agenda? Let me tell you about Jesus, you know? I mean, I hope you're seeing a pattern here. Um, but we try to be strategic. You know? We want to love on people in a way that opens the door for us to, to, to show them to Jesus. Okay? So next slide. Greetings to the Northeast oh, District oh, Prayer Conference. Uh, can, you can you wait, pause West... it? Okay, great. Sorry, I have a little introduction here. Um, we do the, this thing for the kids. It started, it's called a hygiene clinic. Okay? And what we'll do is we'll go into the, the, where we do the kids' clubs, and we'll basically cut the kids' hair. The little girls will wash their hair. We'll put ribbons in. They'll braid it up and stuff like that. You know, clean the kids' ears, their fingernails, stuff like that. So ladies come up to me one day. And they're like, hey, I want money to go buy shampoo and buy all this stuff, ribbons for this girl's hair and stuff like that. And we're going to do this, this, this hair clinic thing. And I look at that. I thought that was the stupidest thing in the world, man. I go, what's that got to do with sharing Jesus? And I'm like, No. We're not gonna use church money for that. You know, we don't have that much, you know. And then so the ladies, you know, they they beat me down. Like you know, like, all right, all right fine, we'll go do this thing. You know, and I'm fighting it everywhere. So I'm like little kid, like, we're gonna do it. You know, I was like you know, I was like and we get there and you know, they're ministering these kids and these kids, these little girls are just beaming. You thought they were like the princess of the world. You know, they had their hair done and they're like you know, and and the little boys, they got their hair cut, and they're like, yeah, I'm cool, you know, and I'm like, okay, God. You know, and then there's one girl I'll never forget, you know, they go to wash her hair, and they dump the water over her head, and it comes out brown. I'm like, okay, God, I'm so sorry. You know, I tried everything I could in my flesh to stop what God was doing, you know, and I repented, I broke, I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. You know, but this is a little video of one of those, and just to kind of show you, Andy. We're down here in the Dominican Republic, and we just want to extend a greeting to you, and uh, hope you all are doing well. Um, we're doing a clinic in uh, an area where we're going to be doing uh, work. We're going to build. If you look over this way, um, about two blocks, we're looking to buy land and to, to plant a church and a school and a children's center. And so we've been doing an operation here. uh, We're just loving on kids. And uh, we're just doing a hair clinic. So we're washing kids' hair, we're cleaning their fingernails, um, cleaning their ears, uh, giving them a haircut, doing uh, the girl's hair, and just get a chance to connect with the kids, share the gospel with them, and uh, just build relationships. Uh, we've got a lady here that's uh, doing Bible studies uh, every day, working with the kids to tutor them as well. So I thought we'd just say hello, give you an idea what some of the stuff we're doing here. And uh, let me take you around for a second. You can see over here, we're, we're washing the hair. Hey, hola. Bye. Hey. hey bye. Daddy, daddy. Looks like the rain's coming. Daddy, bye. Right? We're doing great, right, Maria. Hola. Hey, Sarah. Hi. Say hi. hi. Hey. Say hello.
0: Hola. I will take you inside oh here. No.
2: Uh, this is where Mercedes doing evangelism. Hi Mercedes. Hey. So this hopefully will give you an idea of some of the, the faces, uh, give you uh, give you stuff to, to look at while you're praying and uh, just uh, again, just think of us when you think of us uh, for us. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate the Northeast District and all your support Uh, over the eight years we've been here. And uh, so we're with Marketplace Ministries, and, uh, you know, we're just uh, so thankful to be part of the Alliance and be a part of the Northeast District. So uh, thanks again. We love you guys. Bye-bye. Okay, so hopefully that gives you a feel. This is, again, this is the neighborhood that we're starting the new work in. So... um, one of the other things we've really been strongly involved is in prison ministry. And, um, you know, you look at, in the Bible, you know, they, you know, the Bible calls out that, you know, specifically widows, orphans, and prisoners are near and dear to the Lord's heart. So they should be near and dear to our heart as well. Um, so we've, uh, there's this prison that we go to. It's called Kinsey de Aswa. And it's the worst prison on the island. It's where they send all the murderers and the really bad guys and it's kind of funny, because, you know, I grew up in upstate, and you know, I'm from outside of Syracuse, and Sandy's from down near Binghamton, you know, and here I am, you know, we go to this thing, and I'm in this third world prison, and what do I know, I'm like, I don't know anything, you know, and we go in there, and we went, and we did a, brought a church service in, and we, we shared with the inmates and stuff, and on the way home, the first time we went, everybody's like, oh, I can't believe we made it. We got out alive and all this stuff. I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, I didn't think, oh, yeah, that's like the, the worst prison on the island. Like, wow, I'm glad I didn't know what I didn't know, you know. But anyway, we built relationships uh, with the, the the chaplain in the, in the, in the prison. And um, so one day they, they expressed a need. They needed a tarp to cover the prison yard so that they could have worship service, you know, to keep the sun off and the rain off. <clears throat> and the tarp they had was literally falling apart. And so we, we, you know, we raised some money and we, we bought the tarp. And I figured, all right, we'll go, we'll drive. It's like two and a half hours drive to to where this is out in the middle of, like, the desert part of the island. <clears throat> and uh, so I figured, well, we'll just drop the tarp off and, you know, maybe I'll pray with the, the chaplain and stuff. And we'll leave, you know. So we get there and we drop the the tarp off. and them, Oh, you got to preach. You got to give a message. You know, we'll have a service. And, you know, like, I didn't prepare anything, you know. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm not a like a public, sp- I don't like public speaking, okay, you know, uh, so I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, I don't have a message, I have my Bible with me, and I'm like, well, hey, I don't have an interpreter, my Spanish is really not that good, you know, I'm a little better than pastor, but not much, okay, <clears throat> so they're like, oh, hey, wait a minute, we got one guy in the prison that knows English, we'll go get him, he's up in the cell blocks, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm preaching today, you know. And, of course, it was that day, you know, I read through the Bible, my daily reading was that pesky verse that says, be ready in season and out of season to share the hope that's within you. Yeah, I read that that morning. I'm like, okay, God, I, you got a sense of humor here, all right. So I go, and I give an impromptu message, and it was awful. You know, it was not my best work, okay? And, you know, my interpreter, this guy William... You know, he is just awful. I'm helping him with his Spanish, you know. So if I help you with your Spanish, that means it's really bad, you know. And at the end, I'm like, I'm in a prison. I'll just do an altar call, you know. I mean, what do I got to lose, right? You know, so I, you know, I present the gospel. I give an altar call, and one guy comes forward. And it was this guy, William, down the center of the bottom, my interpreter, who wouldn't have been there if all these other things didn't happen. You know, he would have been up in his cell block, you know. So, you know, You don't know how God's going to work, you know, and we make ourselves available, you know, we may not ever even see what God's doing behind the scenes, but sometimes he shows us,
1: and it's awesome,
2: you know, so, I mean, he's, he's radical life change, I mean, he's became a pillar in the, the, the prison, he started a business inside the prison selling food, he's respected by the guards and the warden, you know, they know by name, you know, in a good way, um, You know, just amazing, you know. And so we brought in health, uh, like, uh, medical clinics. We partnered with some doctors down there that we bring in medical teams. Uh, One time we were doing uh, this medical outreach, and they come up to us, and the guy goes, you know, the guards are like, hey, you got a vehicle, right? I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, we don't have any vehicle to prison. And one of the guys got stabbed. They get a shiv right up in the ribs. And, you know, they're kind of like, well, yeah, he's probably going to die if you don't take him to the hospital. If you don't want to take him, it's okay, you know. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I put a tarp down on the back of my, my Honda Pilot, and I got the guard with a shotgun in the back, and I got my other buddy up in front. And he's sharing the gospel of these two in the back. He's bleeding. I'm driving, and I'm on third world car. I'm like, God, how did I get here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was one of those crazy days, like, I don't know, you know. But, but it's cool. You know, God puts us in different places, and they just—you know—they just give Him the glory. So, next slide. This is um, a—this is a a baptism we got to do. So,
3: so
1: then, enter.
2: That was pretty cool, I think. Anyway, um, so could, can you go, yeah, stay in the sun. So I don't know about you guys, but one of the things that even missionaries have to do—we have to do annual reports. So you guys got anybody here have to do annual report for their boss? Don't you hate it, right? So anyway, we have to do that too. And one of the questions on there is basically how many people have you led to Christ, you know, and how many people have been baptized through through the ministry. So. I was preparing this presentation. I went back through, you know, the nine nine years of those reports, and I started adding up the numbers, because a lot of times I think we'd lose sight in the day-to-day. You know, the Bible even says we are to look back and, and to make stones of remembrance, you know. And, and I went back, and we had 267 people make professions of faith in the last nine-plus years. I was just floored by that. I was like, wow, because you know, we'll get somebody here and somebody there, you know, and you go, okay, day to day, and, you know, you may do an outreach, and you get, you know, a certain, but to look back and, you know, just to add it all up, and it's just, wow. You know, and we had 36 baptisms since we started keeping track of that, so, you know, and this is fruit to your account as well, because you guys support us, you know, so, I mean, when you see all this stuff, you know, you guys are a part of this too. So, next Next slide. Um, so this is one of the baptisms we got to do uh, last spring. Uh, this is Junior Maria. Uh, and a quick story about Junior. He came to the Lord you know, recently, and he's just on fire. You know, he's one of those guys that, that started reading the Bible, started coming to Bible study, started asking all the questions, you know, the real pointed ones, you know, uh, about Jesus and salvation, and what does this mean and stuff. And you could tell he was really thinking about it. And then when he accepted Christ, he and Maria were living together. And he realized that, you know, this isn't right. I shouldn't be doing this. And he said, you know, he said, I can't go backwards, but we can go forwards. So they slept in different rooms in the, in the house till they got married, you know, and it was just to see that radical change in somebody's life. And now he's a spiritual leader at his home, his kids are coming to church. It, it's just a beautiful thing. Uh, next slide. Okay, so all that to say, God's called us in a new direction. And that's why we've been back in the United States, and we're trying to raise money for this project we're working on. Uh, next slide. And we're calling it the New Beginnings Hope Center. And what it's going to be is, is the first floor is going to be a children's center with a kitchen in the back where we can do activities and, and things with the kids. I wanna do, we want to do a church plant here and start uh, getting a church in the neighborhood. And the top story is going to be an uh, uh, elementary school with an apartment for either a pastor or a um, maybe the principal of school to live. And this is a a little video that gives you an idea of, of what that's going to be.
3: The Dominican Republic is a Caribbean country known for its beautiful beaches and wonderful weather all year round, but is also known for the very big social gap between the rich and the poor. With a significantly lower level of literacy than the U.S., The Dominican Republic also has a high unemployment rate among the young. With limited access education, few moral role models, and no means of getting ahead, the youth are many times prone to walk the antisocial path of crime. We believe that it's the early years that can determine the entire life of a person. And by improving the children's education and spiritual well-being, we can impact an entire community. That is why we started developing a children's center in La Llorena, one very vulnerable community in Santo Domingo. The project currently underway consists of a children's center to work with all the children in the area, a Christian school to provide education, a church to make the spiritual impact, and a water purification plan to make the whole project sustainable and at the same time improve the sanitary conditions of the community. We are the Christian International Foundation Dominicana and in conjunction with the Christian and Missionary Alliance, we have been impacting the Dominican Republic for more than 8 years. This new endeavor is a continuation of all the great work that the Lord has been doing through many devoted Christians that do the hands-on work in the field and many others that support us financially and with prayers.
2: Hopefully it gives you a feel for, for the project and, and the location. Next slide. Um, so this is the land last summer we were able to come back and we were able to raise money to buy this, this piece of property. It's basically six building lots, and uh, it's in a really poor area. It's uh, formerly sugarcane fields, um, and it's been opened up for people to, to start building houses and stuff on. Uh, next slide. So this, again, is the, the top view of what the that's going to look like, the open area of the kitchen. Uh, next slide. And that's what we're really raising money for is this phase one right now, phase one and two. Next slide. And then you can see the classrooms up there, apartment, uh, computer labs and bathrooms and stuff, uh, an office. Uh, next slide. So that's what uh, phases one and two are going to look like. Uh, next slide. And then phase three, we're going to build a church for about 150 people. Uh, on top of that, we're going to put the high school. That's the vision right now. And then a water purification plant because nobody drinks water out of the faucet. You buy your filtered water to drink. Everybody does. You get five-gallon carboys of water and you take it into a place that's got filtered water and you buy it for about 50 cents and you take it home and you drink it. So by doing that, we're going to be able to generate revenue not only for the project but hopefully for my vocational pastor. Uh, next slide. Okay, so that's kind of what it's, the vision when it's done. Next slide. This is the water plant, um, again, so, you know, again, we can sell water to, to sustain the project. Next slide. And this is a, a, the, the property uh, a couple weeks ago. We've got the perimeter wall built already. We've got a cistern, a 6,000-gallon cistern, which is basically a big box in the ground that holds water. So we can use that to mix cement and things like that. We have uh, temporary water that, that we can use from the street. Um, and we're moving ahead with this. We built a temporary building for the kids to meet. So that we're starting the kids' clubs. We started them last week. We've already got 69 kids in our kids' club, meeting five days a week. You know, So it's just been amazing that we're, you know, we're using this land even though we don't have a building on it yet. So we're really excited. Next slide. This is the new building uh, and the kids from last week. And we've got new chairs. We just bought 100 chairs, so that those came in Friday. So the kids just did an activity, and they've got new chairs and just sit on instead of uh, the the broken metal ones. Next slide. Okay, so our plan is to to basically to, to travel around and raise ninety five thousand dollars, and we're stepping out in faith. We've never done this before, you know. I don't know how God said to go do this, and we're just doing it, and God's been blessing it. You know, I mean, we've had an amazing outpouring. We had forty nine thousand dollars come in in December. You know, it's just, uh, it's amazing to see God move, you know? So if you want to be a part of this, we've got some little handout um, uh, to tell you how to give to the project, because you can give through the Alliance specifically to the project, that way we don't get taxed on it, which is good. Um, so again, pray about it, see if that's something you guys want to be a part of. Uh, we're also with Marketplace Ministry, so we have to raise all our own support, so pray about that as well. Uh, next slide. Next um, slide. So I just want to give you a little, leave you with a little message here. I know I'm long on time, um, but it was, goes back to that Hebrews passage. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay. When the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith, what it really means is it's impossible to please God without faith. You can't do it. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it. You have to have faith. I mean, if you look back, you know, Noah, you know, he had faith to build the ark. Abraham, he had the faith to sacrifice his son on the altar, and God stopped him, you know, but he had the faith to to, to go ahead with that. You know, Moses had the faith to confront Pharaoh and part the Red Sea. You know, Joshua had the faith to to march around Jericho and have the walls come down. You know, David had the faith to faith Goliath, um, Elijah had the faith to be fed by God in the wilderness and rain down fire from heaven. Job had faith, and he never doubted God. You know, they all had faith, and faith is what pleases God. You know, so I, I want to take a quick look at, at Peter. He's my favorite apostle, probably because he's a fisherman. Any other guys like to fish? I like to hunt fish, I'm, you know. So I, I like Peter, you know. And he he's kind of like me sometimes. I, I will jump before I look, you know. I'll, You know. Um, so anyway, the disciples are out in the middle of the boat. Uh, next slide. Uh, they're, on the, they're in the boat, out in the middle of the, 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 the sea and the storm. You guys know the story. And they see Jesus come walking on the water to them. And they're all really afraid, right? So I'll read the verse to you. Matthew 14, 28, 29. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. You know, and it's like, you know, and then a lot of people will say, well, you know, then he took his eyes off Jesus and he sank. It's like, yeah, he did. But he got out of the boat. What were the other 11 doing? They were sitting in a the boat. They didn't even get out of the boat. <laughs> Peter got out of the boat. And that's what God's calling us to do. You know, he's calling us to get out of the boat, step out in faith. He got the blessing of being able to walk on water. How cool is that? I mean, I've water skied before, but I never walked on water. You know, so... You know, God's challenging us. I don't know what, what he's calling you out to do. You know, I'm not your Holy Spirit. You know, you know what God's telling you to do. One thing I've learned is when God calls us to do something, he's so going take a step. And if we take that step, he's going to reveal the next step. And the next step. But if we sit back here and say, God, okay, you tell me to step here. Yeah, but I want to know where this is going to go before I take that step. Don't expect a lot of progress in your walk, right? A walk is motion, okay? Get out of the boat. Uh, next slide. Um. So, you know, we've got a, a really a heart for children, you know, and, you know, this passage uh, out of Mark uh, 9.37, you know, the disciples are fighting again over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, Right? And Jesus puts this little child right in the middle of them as an example. And it says, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. You know, when we minister to these kids, you know, they're the next generation. They're of a special place in God's heart, you know. And, you know, when we love on the poor, the lowly, the helpless, we're doing the Lord's work. And Jesus wants us to not look at ourselves like those apostles were doing, but to look at others, and especially the children. So I'm going to leave you just again with this last verse here. Um, at uh, The next one, in Romans. Okay, Romans uh, one seventeen. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. You know, when we step out in faith, you know, that's the normal Christian walk. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, um, God wants us to live by faith. You know, so again, I don't know what he's calling you to do. You know, maybe it's to go to the mission field. Maybe your mission field is, well, we're talking the college campus here, or whatever it is. I don't know. But take that step, and you will be blessed. God will, God will reward that. You know, but if you want to sit back, God's not going to force you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to go do his work. He allows us to be part of it. Okay? You know, sometimes, oh, well, I'm doing the Lord's work. Here. And it's like, no, we get to be a part of it. You know? It's like you like when you're a little kid and it's like, I get to go to work with Dad. You know? And I get to pick up the hammer or whatever it is. You know? That's the kind of mentality he wants. You know? Not like, oh, I'm to go to church. i got going to go to work. Oh, i got to do this ministry thing. You know? So, again, he's calling us just to step out in faith. You know? And, Like I said, you know, God's calling us to do the same thing. And, you know, I've never gone around and asked people to give me $95,000. You know, if anybody has, then can give me any tips. I'm all open, man. But it's a new thing for us. You know, I never built a children's center. I never built a church this big. We built some other churches. But, again, we don't know. We're just stepping out and doing the next right thing, you know. So Um, next slide. You know, so again, that's all I want to do really is challenge you guys. Step out in faith. You know, come alongside the pastor and pray and say, hey, you know, how can we, you know, because we're a team, how can we further the kingdom of God in this place in this time? So um, really, that's all I, I want to do is challenge you. and Just again, thank you for all your guys' love, prayers, and support over the years. And, yeah, you know, we really appreciate you guys. So thanks a lot.